Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, considering possibilities at the QB firing line heading into game number eight. And we get into a possible area of advantage for BYU in the matchup Saturday night next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks as always for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase the Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. So get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E, Jace Medical. Dot com With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. And Chris, great to be back with you, man. And back to looking ahead. It's Tech and BYU coming up on Saturday. And we're going to focus in a little bit further on the Cougars coming up in just a moment. We'll hear from their head coach and we'll talk about one area of disparity between these two teams that could obviously loom large Saturday night in Provo. But first, we'll kick it off focusing inward and not necessarily the most enjoyable conversation to have as we talk about what to expect at the quarterback position this week Chris but I feel like we'd be foolish or naive to not discuss all the possibilities because to this point in the season well we've seen all the possibilities so far so why not consider what we may see this weekend first for something to ponder let's take a listen to Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire talking about Baron Morton and what would follow after that? He's feeling good and, and he's just really sore. Um, Jake, feel great about Jake. I thought he did some really good things, and so was Jake. Uh, uh, Brady Boyd would take all the twos. And then we got a couple guys, you know, uh, trying to decide who that third guy will be, the travel, because you go into 70-man roster, you know, in Big 12, and so who that would be is really kind of going to be depending on Tuesday and Wednesday of, like, who can uh, do certain things. Trying to figure out your third quarterback to take on a road game on, on the middle of a week in the middle of the Big 12 Conference is just like, it, it makes my stomach, uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Not I ideal. Mean, uh, I mean, it's just tough, man. Um, and and, and I, I think we need to – so so in it, its purest form here, you're either going to be dealing with a – I'm just going to say I'm going to guess compromised Baron Morton if he plays yeah. just because I don't, I don't, he hasn't really been healthy. Um, you, you, you've heard this from the head coach and it's even more so now. So <clears throat> it just makes you wonder like at what level he would be at if he does play, but you know, the, the other side of it. Okay. So let's just, let's just assume he doesn't. Okay. Let's just assume it's it's just it's too much where he he can't he's not going to be effective and and you know, he could hurt it worse or you know what whatever <clears throat> hadn't been able to practice all week uh, just just don't feel comfortable with what he can give you and so let's go with the, the healthy freshman okay so you either have a compromised you know kid with some experience and and Baron or you're going to go with uh, someone who you know hasn't ever started a game on the road and all that and Jake strong. Okay. So let's just assume now it's Jake one, the opposition is going typically their, their scheme is that they load it up and they play, they, they try to stop the run. Hence the reason that TCU 
I think threw for nearly 500 yards last week. Um, and so what, what do you, what do you think they're going to do with Jake strong? You know, I, my guess would be they'll, they'll try to say, Hey man, let's see if you can do it too. Cause we're not letting this Taj Brooks, uh, young man go crazy. They would but, love to see 59 attempts from a tech quarterback on Saturday night, which is what they got from Texas Christians QB. That's right. <laughs> although, although TCU at home was good enough to expose it and they just right. threw, they threw it all over the lot and not and sacked think, once. In 59 attempts. Was not sacked once. And BYU is one of the worst teams in the country at getting to the quarterback from a sack standpoint. I think they only have seven sacks all season, which is near the very bottom. Buddy, I like to hear that. I yeah, like to hear that. That's right. But, you know, that that's where, you know, okay, so th- that's the way that the Jake thing could go is that, yeah, you're right. They're just going to – they're more than likely going to go, man – because I think typically how you beat BYU is what TCU did. You spread them out and you make them chase you all over the field because they don't typically have a ton of team speed. You know, that's they're built more like a, a Big Ten program or, or something along those lines. Um, but behind Jake, you know, yeah, you do have Brady Boyd, Quinn Ewers' uh, high school teammate at South Lake Carroll. How about that? Um, and, and obviously, <laughs> obviously Brady Boyd wasn't playing quarterback at South Lake Carroll because Quinn Ewers was possible However, late season matchup in a few that, weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's God right. Um, us. yeah, that. uh, I'm knocking on wood. I'm sorry. I said that out loud. My bad. <laughs> he, he is more of a, I think he's got some of it in his background. I think he, he would be more like a, you know, run the options, zone read, um, you know, quick game type basics. He's been, you know, the thing about Brady is I think there was some talk about them almost kind of trying to redshirt him. Hence the reason you haven't seen him much in the, in the, uh, in the wide receiver rotation. Cause if you look at the way the wide, wide receiver classes are stacked, it's, there's a lot of upperclassmen that are all going to leave at the same time. Uh, potentially. And so I think you were trying to like, okay, you know, let, let's, let's hold one back. And Brady had been dinged up in the spring and all that anyway, but bottom line is he's here. He's now up. Uh, he is, uh, been sitting with the quarterbacks for the last couple of uh, weeks, uh, been practicing, uh, quarterback and all those things. So it's kind of a fascinating deal. What, where it gets really wild though, is yeah, behind him, which I mean, at this point, I mean, let's, let's just get weird. I mean, uh, Miles Price, Xavier White, uh, Nehemiah Martinez. Uh, I, I think, you know, a combination of, of these types of guys that I think you would keep it simple. I don't know how much you would actually throw it, if ever, out of those uh, kinds of formations. But um, it, it, it you, you just kind of – because Cooper Lefevre, who is on the team, is not a real option to take a snap in a Big 12 game. Will uh, Burns is not a real option to take a snap in a game. And that's really the only other people listed as a quarterback on your roster. And Cooper Lefevre was just added two or three weeks ago when Tyler Shuck went down and they needed somebody else to help him with practice. Cooper's been on the team uh, before and great kid and and all that. But it's like, okay, what, what are we realistically willing to do during a game? Right. Especially a meaningful game. And so I think you need to be very prepared for this possibility. Yes. You yes. know, I, I think you need to be very prepared that that Baron Morton doesn't play or is not even there. 
Wow. I mean, that, you know, and, and like he could be and he could play. I'm just saying like anybody that's like, yeah, Barron's going to be fine. He'll play. I, I just think that people need to understand Jake Strong could take the first snap on Saturday and he could be literally the only quarterback you've got. And, and, and then you're then you're to receivers and skill players behind him. Look around you, Ellen. We're in the seventh <laughs> circle of hell. Embrace the horror, folks, and season's <laughs> greetings. The holidays are just around the corner. Get that Christmas shopping done early. Okay. We'll ELE. Everybody love everybody, <laughs> man. <laughs> we'll put that to the side for now and just hope for good things. But here we are, and I'm sure you saw like I did, uh, Jake Strong take a shot the other night, I guess, on one of the, run, the, the carries that you kind of felt like, How's he feeling this week? So there is plenty to keep an eye on as far as that position, as has been the status quo essentially for the better part of, I don't know, I don't know going on seven, eight years now. So stick with us as we keep an eye on this developing situation. Coming up next, we are turning our attention BYU way. We're going to hear from their head coach on what went down last week, and we'll get to one specific area where so far in the season, BYU has been much better than Texas Tech. That's coming up on Locked On Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. And in this day and age, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones when hit with the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical is offering the Jace Case. The Jace Case includes five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping for access to medication during an emergency. With Jace Medical and the Jace Case, what you need is already in hand. And they make it simple. Handling everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, along with ongoing consultation and care. And with shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, and general supply chain issues, you need to be prepared now more than ever. So to do just that, head to jacemedical.com, where the process is simple. Just fill out a form and bam, prescription, life-saving medications are headed to your door. And right now, save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using our code locked on at checkout. Again, that's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com, and the code is locked on for an added $20 off at checkout. And don't be caught unprepared with the Jace case from Jace Medical. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And fall is in the air. Helmets are on heads. Briskets are on smokers. And the action is with America's number one sports book. And there's never been a better time to join in on that action than right now because new FanDuel customers can bet only $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. So dive in and join in on the fun with FanDuel by downloading their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where you can bet on all things under the sports sun. And when you're a winner, you're always paid instantly with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And sign up today to bet 5 bucks and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribed on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts, so you never miss an episode. Let's talk Brigham Young University. We'll get into before the week is over. Who the hell are these people? I got no familiarity with BYU. Pretty uniform. Looks like they're rocking something slick Saturday night. That's about all I know. Steve Young, Ty Detmer was 55 when he was there. I don't know. We got some uh, 45-year-old family men that are going to be taking snaps on Saturday night. Not sure. Keep your eyes peeled. We'll get further into that. The BYU 
personality coming up uh, tomorrow. But first, Chris, wanted to get into what happened with BYU a week ago because it was a shellacking in Fort Worth, 44-11. to 11. This is a week after they got a touchdown win over Cincinnati. Big 12 life has not been kind to the newcomers, save for a Hail Mary or beating one another up. 38-27, it goes the wrong way for them against Kansas. That was after a road win over Arkansas. So how you're processing what the Cougars are to this point in the season, I guess, is up to you. But let's take a listen to their head coach, Kalani Sataki, processing what went down last week and their loss to the Horn Frogs. The effort's there. We're, we, we've got to do our part in, in all the other parts. So that's, that's the other factors that go into uh, earning a, a victory. And that, that's, that's all the little details small simple things and then if, if you want me to be honest with you on, on the in terms of like the turnovers were a wash really right but the if you're looking if you're looking at what would really be been helpful is that our offense were in third and long for the majority of the game and we didn't we didn't convert third downs and then on our defense side uh, we had way too many third down conversions and so um, we had opportunities to get off the field we didn't do that defensively and uh, offensively. We didn't win first and second down enough to make third down more manageable. I think uh, the average third down was nine plus. So that's that's not going to go well for us. And uh, in order to do that, we, we have to be more effective as a, as a team on offense and defense got to get off the field. All right, we found somebody who's had it a little worse than us on third down. So I like to hear that. A niner would be good this week. Uh, Chris, what do you make of the last few weeks for the Cougars? You know, I think at the time, I think BYU kind of like put themselves on the radar a little bit and surprised people by going to Fayetteville and, and winning that game. It was a, it was a close game. Uh, they ended up going to Fayetteville and winning, which is, again, just not easy. However, since then, Arkansas is just not very good. They are 2-5 and five overall. They're 0-4 in the SEC. Uh, they hung with Alabama last week, made it interesting after Bama was, was rolling. So that, that's really their big win. They also have a a home win, a fairly close home win, their only Big 12 win over Cincinnati, which is, uh, you know, maybe the worst team in the in the, in the Big 12 on paper, at least. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati just got worked at home by Iowa State. So, but I think BYU is, you know, they're not going to be easy. I think they're just kind of solid. I th This is like a... I don't know if it's uh, if, if this is like a more of a Big Ten deal or if this is more of like an Iowa State uh, kind of. This is just going to be kind of a grind game, I think, just because they're not, you know, they're they're not overwhelming really anywhere. Uh, they're 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 pretty good in some statistical categories. They're really bad in others, but this is a program that I mean, Kalani Sataki's been there for eight years. Um, he, he is way over 500 with his career record. I think like 60 and 36 or something. So th this is a this is a program that goes to bowl games every year and, and all these things. But I, I think um, I, you know. And and, and then I, I thought it was also interesting that Vegas Vegas has you is a favorite, you know, uh, or at least did to open it up like around three and a half, four and a half points. Yep. Um, and and I think it's generally. Because maybe you have a little more juice, maybe a little more speed. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to know, like, kind of the thought behind why you would be a favorite. And obviously, uh, BYU at home at nighttime is not going to be easy because everybody will tell you. I've heard it uh, all summer long. 
I've talked to people this week on the tech staff that have actually coached, you know, against BYU uh, and, and all that. And they say, well, it's, yeah, it's a tough place, you know, just because they fill it up no matter what. It's just kind of one of those, one of those deals. Hence the Iowa State example. It's also, here's your more Iowa State comparisons. It's also on a natural grass field, which you don't typically play on ever. I think, in fact, maybe Iowa State is the only other. I don't know about some of the other new new uh, additions to the league, uh, but I think uh, I think yeah. So it, it's just it's just kind of there's some similarities there, but that's kind of how they're built. You know, there's not a lot of explosiveness uh, there. They just kind of play these grinded out games, but you know they are typically older um, and you know disciplined and and all those things. And it looks you, you can look at the same BYU team now as you looked at. 20 something years ago and it's kind of the same same type team you know yeah double digit win seasons back to back just a few years ago uh like you said a lot of continuity there with zach wilson i think that was zach wilson led uh double digit win seasons in those years so their identity is there uh some seasons working out better than others uh under coach sataki but obviously they've had continuity as a program something that makes me green with envy uh, as a Texas Tech fan, going back to some of these uh, transitions over the last decade and a half. But you're right, statistically, uh, before we get to something that could prove to be an advantage for them or any other kind of marginal or mediocre team, we'll get to that in just a second, but statistically, there are some things that are eye-popping and not in a good way. 2.4. You know what that is? That's their average rush for the season. 2.4, Chris. They've gone 2.8, 2.5, 0.4, 2.5. <laughs> the last handful of weeks, if there was ever, ever a get-right opportunity for a defense that just gave up, uh, I think, 250-ish sack-adjusted rush yards against K-State, it's got to be here. I hate to put too much pressure on them, but, man, that bar is going to be set high to limit something that so far has only gone for two and a half per touch, man. I don't know that I've seen a number that low in quite some time, maybe for a game here or there, but a season average, that is that is poor. Yeah, you know, they have a uh, what is I think supposed to be like a first round uh, offensive tackle uh, that transferred from Oregon to BYU. He's on every draft board. Um, and and yet, yeah, it's just it's just that part of their game is not working at all. I mean, they, they are, I think, second worst in the country. They're averaging, I think, 65 yards a game. I think only Hawaii is worse at 55 yards a game. So. You, you must – we're talking about running game and does Taj Brooks have enough carries and and this is what BYU's defense is going to do. No, this is where – this is where you can you can really win this game uh, Saturday night is you just let them get – because and, and I'll tell you what, here's, here's a, a good comparison for you. First, today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors, and they've got everything you need to maintain your vehicle and keep that ride-or-die ride alive or elevate your car's game to the next level of performance – Whatever you're looking for, they got it at the right prices. Superchargers, roof racks, LED headlights, exhaust kits, and accessories of all kinds to fit your style, whether it's speed, power, or design you're into, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your two, three, or four-wheeled baby. Just head over to ebay.com motors where you're going to always find exactly what you're looking for and at no risk because of eBay's guaranteed fit. Your part is guaranteed to fit just right every time or it's your money back, keeping you burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, 
It's easy to keep your ride or die ride on the road and moving your life forward at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions do apply. This is where this is where you can you can really win this game uh Saturday night is you just let them get next because and, and I'll tell you what, here's here's a, a good comparison for you. In before the uh, you know, Kansas State, I think, yeah, ran for 250 plus. But before that, you, you'd stymied Baylor, right? I mean, right. They, they just hadn't uh, done well. BYU runs a lot of the same running schemes that BYU does because got, that's where Jeff Grimes from Baylor, that's where he came from. You know, he came from mm-hmm. BYU as the OC. And so they run a lot of that wide zone and what they call pin and pull and a lot of those things. And Tech seemingly played that extremely well in Waco, may get a second chance. Uh, at BYU uh, with a bigger crowd and all those things. So I don't, uh, I, I don't, and I'll tell you what else they are. And we're about to talk about this uh, a little bit, but you heard Sataki say it, but th- their third down conversion rate is also close to the NCAA worst. They don't, get, they don't convert third downs, but I think like 30% of the time, which is like, I think like that's close to, 125th worst in the country or something. Hmm. You know, I think like Tech's offense is like, I think, you know, somewhere around 50% or, or higher, um, you know, on, on third down conversions. But these guys, and again, part of it is because they can't run the ball. So it's third and eight or third and nine. Not, not what suits them best. Nine yards on average. You heard him say they're on third down. That's tough sledding uh, for anybody. Let's wrap it up, Chris, with this aspect of the matchup. And one that, as a Tech fan, uh, puckers me up a little bit because I think if you're talking about things that can kind of erase, say, a talent margin or a depth margin or whatever difference in these two rosters there might be, particularly on your home field on a Saturday night, turnover margin. And if you look at these two, Basically the opposite. I think 11 and 7 the right way for BYU. You're 11 and 8, I believe, for Texas Tech going the wrong way as far as giving it up 11 times, only taking it away eight times. One of the big disappointments from last week, you're the only team so far that didn't turn over uh, Kansas State this season. You had a goose egg. Had some opportunity, but you didn't, uh, you weren't able to uh, make it happen. Had a goose egg in that column. Uh, it was a wash. For BYU last week, I think two and two for them in Texas Christian as far as is concerned. But this is something that that obviously can close that gap if there is any gap between these two teams. And you've got to try to be clean uh, in that column. And by the way, we're saying that roughly 10 minutes after discussing quarterbacks number five, six and seven possibly getting a snap. <laughs> Here we go, buddy. Buckle up again. Did I say that already once today? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, and, and, and this... Uh, there's two things that factor into this. I think we spend a lot of time about how many mistakes your offense has made, but you, you also, I mean, you've lost two home games this year and in those two home games, you've turned it over seven times. And you have zero takeaways, you know, that, that, so, so they're both a problem, you know, and I think uh, you even go back to the road game last week, you know, bearing through the interception and Taj fumbled and I don't, you know, uh, you, you've got to be able to create more of those kinds of plays on defense as well. But yeah, you, you, you know, whether it be Baron or Jake, uh, I think you've got to, you've got to be careful. And this may be a game where it's okay to throw it in the stands, you know, like, you know, it's okay to punt, um, you know, BYU has an elite punter like you do. 
And so that, again, more kind of Iowa State type stuff and that the weather will be great this time, but this may be more of a grind and field position uh, type deal. I don't know. But I just don't think you want to chance anything and force anything uh, via the interception. But, you know, you, you've got to be able to affect the, you know, the opposing quarterback and Keaton Slovis and, uh, you know, make some make something happen there. You know, I think you've got the, you know, the strip, you know, the, the fumbles and the strips and all those kinds of things against uh, Baylor. And that that's what you need in this one. You need more of those kinds of plays and then less. Uh, throw an interception down the sideline or, or Taj fumbling, which is very uncharacteristic. So, uh, yeah, but that's that's how – that's partly how BYU is – is now it didn't work this past Saturday, but that's partly how that they've kind of won and been in a lot of these games. And they haven't played the toughest schedule. Uh, make no mistake, their record is better than yours, but your schedule has been, I think, tougher uh, and on all those things because, uh, you know, I just don't think they've tested themselves like, like you have. But – uh, how they did beat Wyoming in Provo last year. How about that? I thought that was an interesting similarity. So, I mean, they do have a winning record. They're sitting here at four and two. They got a road yep. power five win in the, the non-conference we talked about with Arkansas. So going to their house, you certainly have to give some respect for what's been done so far, regardless mm -hmm. of what 44 to 11 was last week. And again, that's not what you like to see necessarily either. Well, and, a and, highly motivated team coming into it. And a lot, well, a lot of people were, were, I think raised the eyebrow when TCU was favored in that game. You know, TCU had just gotten worked over at Iowa State the week before. Right. And like kind of, you know, Sunday Dykes like, this is the worst offense I've ever seen. Like we're, we're just, you know, uh, Chandler Morris had gotten hurt. And well, TCU comes back home, BYU is seemingly rolling. They're coming off of a bye week. But then TCU was favored by, I think, five or six points. And I heard it all last week. Why is TCU favored by so much in this game? What's the – well – you know, I think uh, now, now we, we we saw that, and so I they don't were know, way off, Chris, in the desert. It was thirty three six. That's that's right, that's right. But I think that it showed you that I think you know you kind of get a feel for for BYU and the some of the weaknesses there. But again, I go back to you spread them out and make you chase them around. It's kind of been the mo for years against BYU. If you're good enough to do that and execute. And all that because they just typically lack team speed. Two picks last week, eight of their takeaways, I'm sorry, eight of their 11 takeaways have come via interception. So whether it's Baron Morton, Jake Strong, or whoever it might be, steal those nerves, boys. Steal those nerves. Hold the line. I don't know. Maybe uh, series number one before they trot out there. Can I offer you a, a shot of whiskey, a stiff drink, maybe something just take the edge off because it could be some live fire for either of those quarterbacks. And that's one thing that we kind of gloss over when we talk about the injury to Baron Morton, Chris. How many stars does Baron Morton have under his belt? If it is Morton, if it's not even Morton hobbled. I mean, the dude is still relatively early on in his maturity and progression. So this is going to be a big challenge coming up tonight for whatever quarterback it is. Saturday hold the night. line. Hold the line. A great Toto song, I think. Oh, the line. There you go. That's a, it's a shout out to the 80s. Let's go. I talked to some of the, the players this week, too, about, you know, Jake just in general, because we're all learning about him. Right. And yeah. they all said he's very confident. Um, he's very smart. Um, he gets away with playing quarterback at, at a I don't want to say he's undersized and he's not an elite athlete. Uh, but he gets away with just because how how gritty he is, how smart he is, and just kind of he's got this level of belief in himself, and maybe that's what got him in trouble, uh, you know, against 
<laughs> Kansas State. Because if you go back and look at the one play, I think over the middle, Xavier White, if 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 he makes a, a better throw there, Xavier White and and that Kansas State DB that was that was on that sideline, they, they have a foot race and otherwise it's gonna be a long, but he just he just missed them. And that's the difference between high school and college is uh, a slightly inaccurate throw goes back the other way, uh, you know, in, in college, whereas maybe in high school you could get away with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but but he's, I think a lot of people really like him, uh, have a lot of confidence in him. And I think that him being here for those six to eight months back in, you know, since January was here, I think that does nothing but benefit him in a situation like this. And keep in mind, he has gotten a lot of reps in practice for the last yep. three weeks-ish. You know, so um, because of, of, of Barron's inability to be a full go in practices because of that shoulder issue. Maybe uh, having an opportunity to see what that's done for him coming up on Saturday. Only uh, we shall see. Time will tell. The learning will continue tomorrow. We'll take a closer look at BYU as a program of those first four editions. The one that I thought would the be would be the most significant or impactful for the Big 12 long term. So we'll dive into that BYU experience on the other side as we continue to get ready for Red Raiders and Cougars. Chris, thanks for the time as always, man. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. Here again, manana. We will do it. Uh, go Red Raiders. Guns up. All that stuff. Keep hope alive. We need it more than ever. <laughs> That's right. And subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. We need it more than ever. For Chris, I'm Casey, and we'll see you for the next round on Locked on Texas Tech.